0: You're listening to the Not Dead Yet podcast. I'm your host, John Mason Brink. I'm here with my good looking buddy, Tim Ward. Tim, how you doing today? JP, what's going on? It's it's nighttime. It is
1: a little bit late. Um, I've got a glass of wine next to me. Oh, no. By the time people listen to this on Wednesday, they'll be getting prepped for football. Mm-hmm. NFL starts the weekend.
0: That's right. Are you ready for it? Uh, of course I'm ready for it. I'm or a Bears a fan. I'm, I'm- together. Racing myself for a losing season. So,
1: well, so and I, I would be remiss if I didn't say 20th anniversary at 9 11. Where were you? What were you
0: doing? I was on my way to work. I was getting on a 355 Tim up in Buffalo Grove in your old neck of the woods. Old neck of the woods. I was pulling on the 355 and um, I was listening to the score, which is a sports radio station. And Bryant Gumbel came on, or one of the Gumbles who's on like CBS News broke in and I I knew right away, like, this is not normal. Where were you, Tim?
1: I had been on a early morning flight, a red eye flight from Detroit to Orlando, where I was living at the time. I walked in my home at like 8.20 AM. At the time I was living with my at then time fiance and uh, had flipped on some coffee, flipped on the news. And within about 10 minutes, the first plane hit the uh, first tower and the world kind of changed.
0: No, we're excited. We're on a nighttime podcast today because Night- nighttime
1: uh, podcast. Do we get into our Jim Nance master's voice?
0: Yeah. No, we uh, because they're just getting off work. They're uh, out on the west coast. We're interviewing the family-owned company Venn Plumbing. We have Ryan, Lindsay, and Emma. How are you doing, hey everyone?
2: Hey guys. Hi, how you guys doing?
0: Good. Good.
1: Didn't mean to bring you down with all that early talk of 9/11, but we did talk a little bit about football and. Prior to jumping on, we were talking some NFL and sea chickens, or excuse me, Seahawks football. So <laughs> are, are you guys ready for some football? I
3: am. I'm ready for an exciting year. To tell you the truth, I haven't even paid attention this year to see who's on the lineup, but I'm going to let it be a surprise this year. Opening day, I'm going to see who comes running out on the field.
0: So, you know, the Bears had uh, this, like, rumored talk that they were going to get Russell Wilson. Did you, did you hear anything about this?
3: You know, I, I heard a couple of things out there about Russell looking at some options, but uh yeah. beyond that I I kept hearing that he was really happy where he was and he wasn't planning okay. on going anywhere.
0: So you know, Russell Russell's my guy. He went to Wisconsin uh for a year and that's where I went to school North Carolina
1: so. State Wolfpack before that. Yeah, but yeah. nobody cares. About that.
3: <laughs> I've been really impressed by uh, the way he's come into into this program and just really Headed everything up. I've I've yeah. been impressed. By yeah,
1: that. yeah. He, he he is the epitome of leadership. There's no doubt about that. I agree. So let's
0: get right to it. How did you come up with the name Van Plumbing?
2: <laughs> uh, That's I, a hard I, one. Oh my goodness! Wow, <laughs> <laughs> done there. <laughs>
0: No, I uh <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. Uh
2: points no, to so, you though for you know, pronouncing it correctly though.
0: Oh yeah. I mean,
2: pretty sure head cursor, but uh yeah, it, I always could, hear the venet or Veni. Yeah, it
0: could be French. Could be oh, Veni. It is there's a story. It, oh It's it
3: Canadian and uh I, I won't get into all the all the details, but um actually I was Legally adopted by my stepdad when I was a little kid. I wasn't born with the name, but it—you know—the man stepped in and, and raised me and my brothers, and and didn't kill us in the process. So I give him a little bit for that.
0: So you started the company, or was it your your? No,
3: I started the company. Okay. Uh, I started it in ninety eight. Ninety eight? No, not nine. Oh my god, two thousand eight. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's uh, fine. That's fine. 2008, 2008. Everybody
0: just aged
1: 10 years. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sounds like me and my wife talking about like when our anniversary was. Like, I'm yeah, sure. When
1: yeah.
0: well, don't,
3: don't, don't, is don't, our anniversary? Don't bring that up. Bring that
0: up. But, <laughs> right on. I can get it within a couple of
3: days, you know. But uh, I, I was working for a, uh, a company here in town.
4: It was he, 2008.
3: It was 2008. And he had me essentially bringing in work for the commercial side of his company. He did all residential. I was bringing in work a little faster than he was comfortable with. And And
4: then everything dropped out of the, everything fell apart in 2008.
3: Oh, that's right. He was, he was afraid of growing at that point, which I can understand. And uh, nobody was really hiring at the time. And I had a couple of contractors looking for some numbers. So I just jumped in with both feet. Encouraged heavily by my new bride at the time. And uh, and we just
0: jumped in and that was the end of that. The
4: stock market crash, Ryan lost his job and we got married and started a business in like two months.
0: So if I do my math by right, 2000, so Emma, you were 11 years old. Is that <laughs> right? In,
2: yeah, I was in sixth grade. I sixth remember grade. my teacher reading the Oregonian and they had actually <laughs> a little tiny... Um, yeah, like a little, blurb like a little post about it. Yeah, and he oh, really? actually congratulated me and my dad and my stepmom about their success and stuff. So I thought that was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, it was so did, crazy did you, times. <laughs> did
0: you go on job sites with your, oh, you yeah. know, your dad when you were a kid? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. yeah, definitely. I, I, I mean, I, I've, I've always enjoyed doing that and seeing how things work and everything. So. That was always fun to go with with dad to the job sites and stuff after school.
1: And then when did did you you... always anticipate that you were going to to follow in your dad's footsteps?
2: Oh, heck no. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, never thought of that, actually, um, until it kind of happened. Yeah, I was planning on being a nurse and I was going into the program and everything. I was getting all my prereqs done. It came to the point where I had to work full time or go to school full time. Mm -hmm. And it was a hard decision, and I didn't really know what to do. So I looked to my dad for advice, and he asked if I've ever thought of a trade just until I can figure stuff out. You know, it's easier with the schooling and paying that hands on stuff. And I really like being on hands on Uh, dog groomer for a while, barista for a while. It's just not enough. You know, it's a different project every day with plumbing. So I always have enjoyed that. Um, But yeah, so I, I got to go on job size, but no, I did not anticipate ever honestly be being a plumber, but I'm very happy I am right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and you can tell we can see uh, everybody on screen here. I know people listening can't, but Emma, you have a, a, a smile that lights up the room and it's just nice to talk to you. So well, thank uh, you. Yeah. Well, um, I was I, when she said she was a barista,
1: I'm thinking, well she's in Portland. Isn't everybody a barista at some point? Yeah, oh, that's right. I mean Living you go Portland? through the
2: phase, yeah. Oh, are you? <laughs> Lynn knows yeah. too, yeah. We you get her own shop. Work at a this is my brewery. second
4: business. My first business was a coffee shop. Wow.
2: <laughs> Shocker, and, right? For Portland, yeah. Woohoo.):
0: <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your business, um, Ryan. Like, what what kind of services do you provide? Give me a typical day. I know it's not. That's kind of a weird question to say typical, but what's a typical day for you?
3: One of the nice things about this shop is, is I've had a pretty wide experience through the different companies that I've grown grown through. And apprenticed with, and I was a journeyman for. So I've been able to work on everything from small service calls all the way up to, well, Emma and I did a, a continuing ed dental school for dentists uh, a couple of years ago. It so it, it was 14 operatories, I believe, all nitrous, oxygen, vacuum, everything. So we've got a pretty wide base here. So that's allowed me to fluctuate a little bit especially through these last few years that have been that have been kind of difficult. I've always relied on residential remodel and small commercial TIs. And I carry a specialty license to run medical gas and I've been doing that since I was an apprentice. So before Oregon even adopted the NFPA code here, I was running nitrous and oxygen. Having a wider base is just Allowed us to do a lot more things and fluctuate with the market just a little bit more, and I think that's really why we've done as well as we have through these these last few years. I was going to ask,
0: uh, you know, how did COVID affect any of the business um, over the last well, what, fifteen months?
3: Well, when when the all the COVID really started up and things started shutting down, at the time it was just Emma and I, so all our remodel jobs that we had scheduled. All went on hold, and she and I rolled right into doing service work. You know, we've we've taken our health precautions. We've we're mask and glove, and you know, constantly cleaning our tools and and whatnot, just to keep it going. And you know, we stayed pretty tight as far as you know, making sure that neither one of us were putting ourselves in a compromising position or anything else like that, where we could get sick. And we just tried to you know watch our back on it. And as it turned out, it was a good year. Twenty twenty turned out to be a Financially, a very good year for us.
0: Primarily, that's the the sentiment we get from talking to different people across the country.
3: It was. Yeah, no, and it it was. And I think what helped us out a lot is, you know, I've got another a lot of friends that are working for other companies and they sat at home a lot. And it, it was our ability to just jump from at that time being basically remodel based and we were able to jump right into service for customers. Being small and being able to make that quick jump, I think, is what kept us on track for actually having a good year, um, even with everything going on.
1: Well, and that adaptability, I'm certain, is what's been beneficial in helping you grow over the last few months. Before we jumped on the podcast, you were talking about the number of people that you've added to your staff to get out in the field and do more service or remodel work. So I'm, I'm guessing that was instrumental.
3: Yes, yes. No, uh, 2020 being as strong a year as it was for us, it also, it opened up a few doors, whereas, like I said, a lot of those guys were sitting at home on the bigger projects that weren't out able to open up. Well, like everywhere else, we have a massive shortage of tradespeople here. So for a small shop like me to win somebody over without having a big benefit package or anything else, some of these guys got tired of sitting at home and one of the guys I know really well called me up and he wanted to go back to work.
0: So I was a kid tagging along with your dad on a, on a, on job sites to journeyman plumber. That's pretty kick ass. Yeah, talk, talk about <laughs> that, uh, feeling of, you know, getting it done. And, and, you know, now you're, you're kicking butt.
2: <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, it was, it's a kind of weird feeling just because my whole entire last year was spent online, mm-hmm. um, as I'm sure a lot of seniors in high school felt kind of, you know, left out on their chances of graduating and stuff like that. I wasn't expecting, you know, walking across anything, but seeing all my classmates for the last year, you know, it's different seeing just little thumbnails on the computer screen and not really getting to interact and everything like that in real life. it's a crazy feeling. It, it went by really quickly now looking back on it, but you know, you can say that for, I feel like every other schooling that you end up going through, it always feels so much better at the end of it. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a good feeling that I've gotten my license and I can do it and I'm confident in that. It's really cool to see my own growth. Um, but yeah, it's a crazy journey. I feel like to even get there and just the thought of, what we've said before is I never really thought I was going to be a plumber before. So it's really cool to actually be here now. And see, I that. can see you,
0: you. You have like a very proud look on your face. Just <laughs> tell me how you <laughs> feel about all this. Shucks.
2: Without crying.
4: I'm so proud of her. Oh yeah. my
0: goodness. <laughs> it's awesome. You should it's be very really proud. Just no, right. about-
1: <laughs> well, I was going to say, Ryan, when you first got started in the industry, you probably didn't run across too many females working on a no. job site, and now no. you've got several working <laughs> in the family business.
3: Yes, yes. No, actually, um, as as an apprentice, I did have, um, and I forgive me because I can't oh, remember her name. name. I did have a gal in my class. By our fourth year, she was already moving into the office, you know. But she she had a real good head on her shoulders. I also there was a uh, inspector, Robin, that was out in one of the jurisdictions here that I used to run into a lot because we were doing a lot of work out there. Right off the get-go, I was meeting some of the women in the trades. I was seeing a lot more women in the working with the electricians and not so many in plumbing, but I was seeing sure. a few women out there. And then, you know, as the years passed, I actually taught at the apprenticeship for a short period of time and we, I think I had uh you had two girls, didn't you? Two or three girls actually went through the program. I think two of them finished and one of them wasn't able to complete the program though. So,
4: so. we had a, a a woman journeyman before Emma, also for a couple of years. So we had two okay. uh, a couple of years ago and yeah. then she moved on and then Emma and then we just hired the fourth year um this week. So, She's really cool. That's pretty
3: Emma's gotten, uh, makes, Emma got Emma got to work fun. with her the other day. So I haven't gotten the experience of working side by side with her yet because I, I'm still out in the field, but Emma got to work with her the other day. So we'll see how, we'll see how this relationship turns out for him.
1: Okay. Emma, it's an anomaly for somebody your age being in the trades, especially that's a journeyman at your age and. In the trades, as a female, it's a what, Tim? Anomaly. I just, I wanted you to just, I wanted you say that five times real fast. Yeah, whatever. So my, <laughs> my question is, you know, hanging out with your friends, what's it like on a weekend hanging out with your friends, if they're in the corporate world or if they're an entrepreneurial and this, that, or the other, or or they're just in school? What's what's it? What's a? What's it like being your age, being a journeyman plumber, hanging out
2: with friends at your age? I mean, it's it's not too much different. I'm just definitely the one that they call if they have a problem. <laughs> um, how many times I've gotten the call of, my toilet's plugged. What do I do? Or, yeah. you know, just, <laughs> oh, man, so many things. But, yeah. They, you,
0: ch- you charge them, right? <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, eh, depending on the <laughs> person. <laughs> but, uh, no, a lot of my friends actually work in the car industry, so I feel like they're oh. pretty – like-minded i guess yeah um i do have a couple friends um you know going to beauty school and stuff so they're different minded but we still get along really well i still have my girly aspects and side of stuff so you know i can work on the tools but then switch into a dress and i'm you know ready to go out or whatever but yeah so i feel like it's it's been okay (laughs) the asking for help i think is really funny but yeah Mm -hmm. Just the one that they look to, so that's cool. <laughs> I know how to fix it most of the time.
0: So the family-owned company, Lindsay. What what's your role with the company? I know you mentioned it off off air, but
4: I'm the general contractor, and then I do bookkeeping and social media. Social <laughs> media. That's
0: not a that's not a small task. Actually, it's no. pretty involved. So
3: no, and and she does yeah all of our social media stuff. So and then of course Emma follows it closely. And I feel like I'm out of the loop in most conversations. You know, I spend so much time doing work stuff on my phone. The last thing I want to do is look at my phone when I'm not working.
4: I was a lot more on site before we started having kids. And now I just, I'm at home and do the bookkeeping and social media and that kind of stuff.
3: So we're still trying to fill out the roster in the plumbing shop. We've got two young boys that are up and coming and (laughs) you in November. Emma, Emma's going to be the old
0: sister. Wow. Well, <laughs> so
4: we will have four brothers when this baby's born.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So Good as a close knit
2: family, but do you guys ever argue? <laughs> I mean, no. we have our you know bickering, <laughs> but it's it's playful. Yeah. And
4: then Ryan's sister in law uh, does does the the office. And his dad is a general contractor that we work for all the time. And, and his brother, brother and yeah. his brother works for his dad. So we're all intertwined.
2: Yeah. They family business. Yeah,
0: that's pretty cool. <laughs> what do you guys talk about at like Thanksgiving
3: dinner? <laughs> Work. <laughs> yeah. Well, Emma Emma and Lynn and I kinda of tone down the conversation when the rest of the family's around, their stomachs don't seem to be as strong. But you Know our dinner conversation, we'll talk about work, yeah. But when we're with the family, yeah, we try not to. We really well, try well, not to.
0: I have a buddy who he's uh he works tool and die, he's a mold maker. And he said, when he goes after work, it shuts off. There's a rule they can't talk about work with his, you know, he's got friends that are in the trades too. They don't talk about work.
2: I, I, uh, I don't disagree with that. I don't like talking about like what is our plan for tomorrow kind of thing, but like general talk about plumbing and like, Oh, have you heard about this or that? That's mm-hmm. fine. I feel like, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't like talking work, work when I'm off work. Like, yeah. no, thank you.
1: Yeah. John and I talk each night and we start talking about like the new rigid, rigid pressing tool that came out. Today yeah, exactly. Like. That, that's
2: exciting. Like, you know, yeah, it's <laughs> exciting.
0: We don't get any of the cool tools or anything like that.
3: So. Uh, you know the cool tools are
0: nice, right? Until you have to clean them,
3: and then yeah, yeah maintain the more them. More intricate it is, yeah. the more intense of a cleaning process it becomes.
1: Yeah, yeah. But John, how many Yeti cooler cups do you have?
0: Oh my I, goodness! Yes, I mean, uh, I, I, yeah, I have one of them.
1: I well, you've got more than those. I I've, I've got a There's whole one right there. I've got like probably three,
3: one
0: dozen of each kind, Yeti. right? But that's just trade show trolling, trade around show and, swag. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, one of these days, I'll try to make it out there to the yeah. East Coast, where the bigger shows seem to happen.
4: There's some uh, in California that happened. Well,
0: big yeah, show
1: don't... in big shows in Las Vegas this year, the AHR in January. Yeah. Oh, is it? AHR oh, yeah one.
4: Well, your dad always goes out to Vegas for his trade yeah, show. Yeah,
1: there's there's a trade show that my dad goes
3: to every year out there. Builder, the Builder Show, maybe, in yeah, January or February. Yeah, he goes out to that one. I
4: think it's yep. an excuse to go golfing, though, because yeah. it seems like all he does when he goes out there is golf.
1: Yeah, I think that's the real reason. That's what trade shows are for.
4: Okay.
1: Right <laughs> That's
0: why so we, uh, as Mechanical Hub, we are close to celebrating ten years of being in business, and we were gonna have a huge party last year, and COVID kind of screwed all that up. So um I don't know. We'll have to put it. It's on hold. We'll we'll figure out a place. Yeah, Vegas to do is it.
1: a hard place to have a big party.
0: Yeah. 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 They're not. They're
3: not really set up for that there.
0: Well, there's so many things to do. I mean, you might throw a party, and four people might show exactly. up. Exactly, you know? <laughs> that's just it. We'll let you know. You know, if okay. It's...
3: I look forward to it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this question. Uh, you know, I was looking at your social media and and just following you guys, and you did some work with some some wildfire relief back. Well, when was it? Last November or October?
4: Yeah. It started uh, in October. The, the fire, the one year anniversary of the fire is next week. And it was last October that I went out for the first time and then recruited Ryan. And-
3: so Lynn started, Lynn started helping out by uh, a friend of hers contacted her and she started making food supply runs. So well, it started out with just pet food and pet supplies and then it became clothing goods and food goods. And she was running to a, couple of the different fire locations that had uh, burned up around here last year and then she recruited me and we went out and did uh, helped with a lot of the cleanup effort out in otis which is out towards the coast and then we spent a couple of days um over well a couple of weekends trips down to uh like blue river area which is off mm-hmm. the rogue river no,
2: McKinsey River, McKinsey
3: river correct me uh, Uh,
2: somewhere
3: down there. I don't know. It was after long days, I would drive there and we'd work. So the, the types of things that I was helping with other than just cleaning lots was we got okay from the two water districts out notice. And I was pulling out the melted plastic meters and just putting little hose bibs at the meter boxes so people could wash up after cleaning through their rubble.
4: I'd never seen anything like that in my whole entire life. And the first time I went out there, I was like, well, we got to do something like now to help these people, 330 houses burned in Otis, which is, it's only about an hour from here. And, um, the first trip out, I went out by myself with the two, my two boys and actually I knew how to, you know, temporary water services. So I got out there and helped this 82 year old lady out get water who hadn't had water since the fire. And then it progressed into, um, Uh, What, about 20 people we hooked up with water? And then we got our septic contractor out there to um, temp septic tanks. And then we got electrical contractors to donate poles and their time and labor to get some temporary electricity out there. And probably about 30 people got temporarily moved back onto their lot because they were able to get an RV and uh, get back home. And then we actually did the debris cleanup. But I knew once we went out there, we would have – we since we had the skills to hook up water, yeah. that we we should do it. And we got our um, suppliers to donate materials here in Portland, and we'd take it over to Otis. And Ryan would temp water services up, and we uh, got temp sewer septics hooked up so people could move back.
0: Now, you said it's coming up on the year yeah, the anniversary the year of that. Have you, have, have you seen – the progress or what's what's going on there? Yeah,
4: well, we're doing like a, a meeting out there next week for the one year. And uh, 65 homes I've moved back out of the 300.
0: Oh, well, that's good. That's Compared to the other burn actually.
4: areas in Oregon, <clears throat> it's probably the best because of this group of volunteers that has come together to help. It's all 100% volunteer-run donations.
1: Sadly, sadly, we're seeing some of the... This- same stuff right now in the Lake Tahoe region and California and Nevada border. And it's, Mother Nature's just been horrendous up in your neck of the woods for the last year and a half.
4: Yes.
3: we yeah. Well, with all the, the woodland out here and everything else, yeah. And then, you know, with the drought that's, and most of the people in the Pacific Northwest, at least as far as I can see, we're in a drought, but. People don't realize that we're in a drought drought. and we've been in a drought for many, many years. Poor California's hit so hard and it's just all that undergrowth is so dry. It just, once it gets out into the woods like that, those guys, I can't believe they're out there still fighting those things.
4: Yeah. We had an unprecedented year last year with all the fires around us and seeing the damage firsthand was incredible. It was like something we've, I've never seen.
3: Otis, Otis was an interesting situation just because it's, the mountain range around it and everything else is where the fire started. It, it created a fire tornado down there. The 300 houses was within-
4: They're all like one little area. It was, was it? like
3: within an hour, yeah. just a couple hours. There were, oh, how were, they some of the yeah. stories. Some of the stories we heard from the homeowners about people pounding on their door and they'll step outside and the fire's right there. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And, and you
4: don't think of fires in the coast range of Oregon.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask, is Otis towards the coast then?
4: Yeah, yeah. It's or, five yeah. minutes from the beach, you know, it's, it's like yeah.
0: five
3: minutes from the beach. It's an older town. It's mostly retirees. Uh, you know, people have been, been living out there in the, since the sixties, some stick built homes, some manufactured homes, a heavily wooded area. I mean, it was beautiful beforehand and it's, it's a field now.
4: Yeah.
3: I mean, all the trees had to come down. It's, it's, it's pretty sad
4: but I rounded up every contractor I could to get out there to donate <laughs> and help. Yeah, so we had a, a whole crew of Portland contractors that went out and donated all their time and supplies for free to get people hooked awesome. back up with power and water and sewer.
0: Well, good on you guys. And that's, and, uh, that's great.
3: Yeah. The electricians, uh, the company that we work with the most Reds electric, they donated, I think like six or eight electrical panels and poles. And then a uh, the couple of their guys came down as absolutely as often as they could to help out. It was just, it was great. It was fantastic that
0: everybody came in at the same time. Great to hear when people come together for a good, good cause, you know,
1: philanthropic.
0: <laughs> oh, <Jim. laughs> so I'm going to leave you this little nugget. My, uh, when I lived in Oregon, is it route 26 that goes straight to the coast from Portland? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we'd go out to the beach. Or go to the coast and go to Cannon Rock or wherever that is.
4: Cannon
2: Beach.
0: Cannon yeah. Beach, yeah. You're so
2: close, so close. With,
0: with the haystacks and <laughs> yeah. all the, the haystack oh,
2: rock. Haystack, haystack rock. Haystack yeah. rock yeah.
0: So anyway, you're like maybe ten minutes from there, and there's the sign that says "Elk Elk Viewing Area." Yep. Yeah. And we every time we'd go and we'd go to this. There was a building, and then there was this giant field, and we'd sit in the parking lot and wait. And there was nothing, nothing, every time, nothing. (laughs) And then we were were moving back home to Chicago and he said, you know what? We're going to go out to the coast. Let's just go to the elk viewing area, sat out in the field, nothing. We get back into the car, we go into the street and from the other hill, 26 elk came down the hill and they were just standing in the street. You could tell one was the alpha male because he was just like stomping his feet and snot was coming out of his nose. Like, he was going to charge the car. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, there there are elk here, <laughs> you know? Yes. So we had to – I backed up slowly and went back into the field and then, you know, watched, watched the elk. It was They're beautiful. always there oh, when we go there. It's beautiful. <laughs> I, I actually did a house down there in Cannon Beach.
3: And at the time, I was staying at the uh, one of the hotels in, in Seaside. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah for oh I'd say about two months straight that stretch of road between the two towns you took slow because Mm -hmm. there was elk out in that field like crazy and you're talking hundreds of elk and it was you go by
4: they're always there
3: and then there's other times times I I I don't know they must know I was coming
4: we always see them
3: (laughs) Uh, I've been by quite a few times where they're just I, I don't know they're up in the hills or something but they're not that far away they're 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 safe there and they know nobody's going to shoot them so that you know they hide down there during hunting season really
0: yeah I took a bunch of pictures with you know the old 35 millimeter cameras Tim, and I went into Portland to a film developer and got them developed and then they called me and they said oh we screwed up the film and we can't we can't salvage your pictures and I'm like oh crap and they're like but we can give you like Like two months free, you know, developing and film. And I'm like, why would I ever want to come back to this place (laughs) and get my my film done? But no, it was a good... You
4: used to have to get your camera film developed. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know.
0: (laughs) You do? (laughs) Rotary (laughs) phones and... Yeah. Yeah. I used to love doing
2: that myself. Yeah. I actually really like the rotary phones because... Of how they go around, I really actually <laughs> like that. <laughs> I miss the fact that you can slam phones too. Yes, that cell is, phones that's kind of taken that away. Except you yeah. know, they're like the generations missing out phone. on that. How do
3: you hang up angry at somebody? You can't slam it, the phone it, down anymore. You press yeah. the end button as hard as
0: you can, but Shuck not too hard. The you know what? Now is when you text, they have the three dots. You know that. Yeah. Yes. You just continue to do that because then the person is waiting for your text and it doesn't ever come in. It's just the three dots. That's how you torment people, right? Well, I I I'll remember that, that the
1: next time I see that coming from you, John. What you're trying to
0: do? <laughs> like, oh wait a minute, he's texting me. No, nope, he's not. Nothing yet. No,
2: nope, no. Nope. Well, <laughs> Emma comes and goes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Emma, we've had a challenging year and a half. Yet you and your father and the family plumbing business has had a you know been successful. As you go into 2022, what are some of the things that you're looking to accomplish?
2: I mean, now that I'm kind of like more on my own and everything, I was phased out before, but um, I, you know, officially I'm on my own. I have my own business cards and everything. I I want to kind of enhance my education with stuff. I want to look into seeing how much, I know med gas license and stuff won't come now, but I do want to look into see how much that's uh, what it all entails and everything. Uh, I would like to get my minor in electrical because I don't have that yet. I've got to see the electricians do it, but don't want to do it yet. So uh, I want to get that license done and checked off, but just pretty much better enhance myself, really dial down how I want to like, you know, set up my own van and everything. So um, I still have methods from quite a few other journeymen and I'm figuring out on my own what I do and do not like. So it's been interesting, but... (laughs)
0: I'm 53. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing yet.
2: So. I mean, a lot of people don't though, and that's totally fine. I'm not saying I quite do yet, but you know, I'm here. No, and you, I'm, got I'm you got it yes, together.
0: Going, yeah, she has
2: it together.
3: She's been done pretty good following her old man in his footsteps. Yeah, she's done a, Done a few things that I wish she wouldn't have done, but it happened.
0: But <laughs>
4: not
0: uh, gonna she's like, long, don't say anything.
2: No, no. Long story I'm sure, curious. Right? No, I am
3: too. So when I was 24, so when I was Emma's age, okay, now my I know. boss and I were were in a pretty bad car accident. I had doctors tell me at that point in time that if I didn't get out of plumping, I'd be lucky in 10 years if I wasn't in a wheelchair. I'm 45 now, and I'm feeling every bit of it. And I'm trying to get out of the field. So, 20 years to the day of me crashing my van, little Miss Emma here hit some ice and rolled over a van.
2: Wasn't ice. It wasn't ice. Hydroplaned on some water. Right. It was water. like after a long summer, and it was the first rain. I went over a yes. corner. Yes.
0: Anyway. I, hey, I've your plane myself, but like, yeah, there's nothing that, you can do about
2: it, right? Hey, I controlled it. I yeah. was good yeah. until the car came around the blind corner and smacked into me. It was over from there. Yeah. So, but, but I was fine. I was going into the Blackberries. I saw them going smoothly, and then they came around and flipped me over and hung me on a telephone pole.
3: Wow. So that was an unnerving phone call. Mm-hmm. And the irony of that was is that we raced out to the accident scene and I am in a walking cast with crutches because I had about two weeks prior to that dropped a 125 pound toilet on my toe. So I come hobbling up to the accident scene and the police office just looked at me and said, so you're dead, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just hope that the following in my footsteps on my accidents oh, okay. has ended yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shout
4: out to American Standard. He uh, dropped American Standard uh, toilet one <laughs> piece, one piece toilet on his toe and had to have uh, surgeries and stuff.
2: And the toilet looks great. Yeah, I was gonna say
3: we still have it. Only a little chip out of the back. I mean, it's it really was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to my shop eventually. I'm gonna sit on that thing.
4: <laughs> on to this toilet that yeah, you,
0: pain. use it as like a yeah, and put like a a shoe underneath it or something. Right.
4: American standard actually sent him a swag bag because they felt bad about his Did broken toe. Did they really?
0: No.
4: Yeah. They yeah. sent him some gear. Um, Cause they felt bad about his broken toe.
0: Well, Tim, we're almost at 40 minutes. Um, I just got to say, you know, we've never met you. You're just good people and uh, keep well, up the you. good work and, you know, keep kicking ass. That's all I can say Tim.
1: Yep, Yep. I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Just keep kicking ass. Yeah. You
2: guys too.
0: D- Don't be rolling <laughs>
1: any trucks, Emma. Don't be rolling uh, any
2: uh, trucks. I, I've had my fill. I'm good.
0: <laughs> rolling rolling trucks sounds like a, a song, Tim. Maybe we could record something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for jumping on. We really appreciate it. Um, Ven Plumbing is at Venn, V-E-N-N-E mm. underscore plumbing on Instagram. Follow them. They're a good, good follow. you learn a lot. You see the family in action. Ryan, Lindsay, and Emma, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys.
0: The Not Dead Yet podcast is powered by Mechanical of Media and produced by John Masonbrink and Tim Ward. It is edited by John Masonbrink, music presented by Jason Drum and graphics furnished by Wayne Rowe. Thanks for listening, and until next week...